Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 128, where Drew and Sam get to talk about sports. I'm Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam in the great city of Dexter, Michigan, whose high school football team made it to the playoffs. His college team is the national champions. And my professional team won a playoff game for the first time in 31 years. And also, I'm from Fowler Consulting. The last time the Lions won, I was still in high school. Yeah, uh, the last time the Lions won in the city of Detroit, neither one of us were born. Yeah, uh, let's see. The last time the Lions won, I had my license for three weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I had uh, I had my license for a little bit longer than that, but seventeen in New Jersey. <laughs> It was a great night last night. I mean, this is going to be a week after the victory and when this drops, but hopefully we're talking about the second Lions home game win at some point. That would be nuts. I don't know what the folks here would do, but you know, it got me thinking last night. Thinking? What are you thinking about, Drew? The Lions have been a perennial... You can say it. It's okay. We all know. First 0-16 season in the NFL. 30 plus years of not winning a playoff game at home, nine straight losing playoff games. Like they were just the epitome of, of losing. They um, were definitely the poster children. Yeah. So I think today, Sam, I'd like to talk about changing the culture in your organization, because if you haven't heard it, you should totally hear it. And I know Lucas is going to help us out. There is a three minute post-game speech from Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, where he gives out two game balls, and and it's kind of cool. So I think we should talk about changing the culture in your organization, because if the Lions can do it, after 30 years of being losers and being called losers, and no one wanting to come here as a free agent for, what, a decade? If they can do it, you guys can too. So Lucas, if you've got that clip, let's play Dan Campbell from last night and then we'll talk about changing the culture in your work. So as you were saying, if the Lions can do it, I thought you were going to say, gosh darn it, the Jets can do it. Oh, no, no, no. The Jets can't do it. Okay. <laughs> no, no. No, in fact, in fact, since we're talking about it real quick, there was a bunch of posts on Twitter after the Green Bay Dallas game of uh, Jordan Love, your 2038 starting Jets quarterback. That's hilarious. Well, you know, you're saying Jets are going to jet. I did see something on the Facebook this morning before we get too far into this culture change. It said that uh, if Detroit makes it to the Super Bowl and wins, Detroiters are going to Detroit like they've never Detroited before. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a nice phrasing. Yeah. And right now, if Eric Arnston's listening, he's saying T-shirt. Yeah, that should be a T-shirt. If he doesn't make it, I'll make it. I got two game balls. All right, number one, listen, when you when you come in three years ago, like me and this guy did, and you had a vision and you start working together and you've got an idea how you want to build it and the type of players you're looking for 
and how you want to go top to bottom, offense, defense, special teams, and you're in f***ing lockstep. You're in f***ing lockstep. I'm telling you guys, it's a shitty business. It ain't always perfect, but we, but we do a pretty good job, baby. But without this f***ing guy right here, man, Brad Holmes. I absolutely love every single person in this room, man. We were intentional on being about grit, all right, and earning it. I love everybody in here, man. We went through darkness and it shaped us, all right? It shaped us for this moment. I love y'all, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So in that, in that post-game speech, Campbell gets into being very specific in who they were wanting to be and what they were looking for. And, and he can look at the general manager, Brad Holmes, and, and he, they can hug after he gives the first game ball and do the whole, like, I love you, man. I love you, man. But notice Dan Campbell isn't like, we're all family here. He's not doing any of that. He's telling everybody exactly what their intent was. And their intent was to be gritty and, and to make Detroit a place where people didn't want to come to play against them. I kind of like where he was going. And, and that's where I wanted to kind of go with this today. I've heard a lot of clients, and I don't know if you've had the same, where folks are like, you know, I want to treat this like family. Have you heard that? I have. And, and I always thought that that was kind of cool. Like, like, who doesn't want it to be family? And then I started to think about it. I'm like, yeah, but, but everybody's got that cousin they don't talk to. And, and you have to bring them all over to Thanksgiving dinner, even if you don't like them. And people hate coming to Thanksgiving giving dinner because there's, friend, there's family members there they don't want to talk to. And that ex of your brother's second cousin's college roommate keeps showing up. I don't think it's about family. Years ago at corporate, I had, I had somebody come to me. Um, they were one of those pipeliners, you know, college degree, really smart people. In fact, this, this guy's a really smart guy. And he's like, listen, like, like I don't do sports and you can't do sports analogies. It, it, it doesn't bring me in. And I'm like, you know what? You're, you're totally right. And I'll stop doing it. And I basically did. And now I'm like, no, I, I think it's actually a sports team. Your organization is so much closer to a sports team than it is to family. And it's not friends. So just from, from the other side, because I'm picking up what you're laying down. I'm listening. Think that, it can indeed be like family. If you listen to, like, if you listen to the Michigan uh, guys after they won the Natty, they were all talking, we're family, we're brothers. I think what it is, is it can be family. But to your point of that, that, that crazy uncle that nobody wants to talk about, they just don't get an invitation to the family reunion. So it's a, it's one of those like Alaskan wilderness show families where everybody has to do their job or they like throw them out to the wolves. Yeah, it's not like you're connected by blood. It's not like you're actual relatives. And, you know, some people have the belief that your family is your family, no matter what they do. Other people don't. Let's not go down that wormhole. But I think on these sports teams, they're saying, you know, these are my brothers and these are my sisters and, and we've got each other's back no matter what. And the difference is, for me, I think that on a sports team, there's a head of the family and there's no doubt about who's in charge and somebody is 
is designing what's going on and somebody's keeping on a, keeping us on task. And I think in our our natural families, you know, there tends to be a leader. There tends to be somebody that, that plans everything. But thankfully, we're more worried about people's feelings and how they're going to be and do they want to come back to the next family reunion. Whereas on in a business team or a business family, it's, you're going to come back because we're accomplishing great things. So I think it goes to the team because if the team doesn't, pr- it doesn't produce, they don't fire the whole team. They just fire the head coach. Usually they might not renew your contract and they might trade you, which, which we do that too. We send people from one location to another. Yeah, we do. Um, and, and sometimes much like sports, a fresh start for somebody gives them an opportunity and correct. Cause the coach they were working for wasn't called in the right place. The, the offense wasn't built to them. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, so maybe we could have a Drew and Sam hybrid. It's, it's a sports team with a family atmosphere, but not with all the family attributes. It works for me. If that's where we're going to go with it, then let's, let's add to it then. I like what you said that it's, it's about somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to call the play. Somebody has to be deliberate is the best way I can put it. Right. So if you want to change the culture in your org, you can go all family. You could go all team. You could go a team that acts like a family. I think that's where we're trying to lay it here. Someone has to be deliberate. Someone has to be in charge. And that person in charge has to know they're in charge and be able to be in charge. And, and, and here's the other thing I want to add to that. Not only has to be in charge and has to know they're in charge. I think they have to be committed to the plan. They're taking their team down unless it becomes detrimental to the goal. So much like Bacon said in his book, we've got to be patient with results, but not with actions and effort. So for instance, with these Detroit Lions, you know, I think the coach, Dan, is getting labeled as a riverboat gambler, for lack of a better term, because if it's fourth down in less than half the field, he's going for it. Now, if I may interrupt for one second on that, statistically, when you look at the data, he's actually on the right side when he's going for it. Most of the time, yes. It's just so anti-football. It feels weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. To- to some of us older people. And I think that for our managers out there or our supervisors out there who try something that's radically different from what they've done in the past because they're trying to get radically different results, you have to understand that every time a football team goes for fourth down, they don't succeed. There is risk and reward. Correct. So you may try something and it may not work. In fact, you may try something and it will not work. That doesn't mean that the plan was wrong. You have to take a look at the effort. Don't base your decision-making prowess on results. Base it on effort because sometimes you can get results if you made the wrong decision. And I think you saw that last, well, if you watched that game, you saw that last night. Neither of the two teams had, I don't think there was a turnover the whole game. There were only, what, four or five total penalties. It was a good football game. It was, a, it was the best football game so far of the weekend. And, and I mention it because 
you you brought up my my Jets earlier. Almost every year, the Jets are top three in the league in penalties. They're an undisciplined team. Almost every year, the Jets are top three in turnovers. They don't hold on to the ball, right? So, so the results are that they keep losing. But, but the, the activity that they're doing, the tasks that they're doing, the behavior you're looking for in a championship team isn't there to start. They're not delivering on the behaviors to get you the result you want. And then at the end, we're like, well, why didn't they win? Because they're not doing the, the little things to get there, right? So whether you're a family or a team for your org, and you should probably like figure that out. The most important thing is who's, who's calling the play. And now if I can go full football for a moment here, Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, calls the plays, correct? I believe so. Brad Holmes, the general manager of the team, picks the players, correct? I believe so. Both of them mentioned how it's about grit. They, they want to be a team that, like I said, the opposing team doesn't want to come into Detroit and play against them. They want to be tough on people. They want to hit them hard. They want to block them hard. They want to run over them. They are aligned in the type of person they're trying to find and, pit and, and add to this team. And it's taken them three years. Which to a fan, well, to a normal fan is a long time. To a Lions fan, that's like overnight success. That's yeah gradually and suddenly (laughs) but my point here is that for for some of you out there you might not be picking your team your interviews might be done a level up from you but you should still be communicating with that person so that they know exactly who it is you need on your team you don't need more running backs when you've already got seven you need that opening driver. You need that closing driver. You need the only works Friday, Saturday, Sunday insider, whatever that is. You should always be communicating to the people who are helping you hire. Because if you're a manager listening, you're probably not putting the job wrecks out or paying for the LinkedIn ads. And if you're a supervisor listening, just putting out an ad for a driver isn't what your store needs. Let's help our listeners with not talking about the Detroit Lions and how Dan Campbell and the front office has made a change. Let's talk about if I'm a general store manager and I'm 0-16 and let's say instead of 0-16, we're saying that, you know, I'm at 5, 10, 15, 20% extreme deliveries and I need to turn that around. What kinds of things do you think we should do first if we truly believe, and I do, if we truly believe that changing the culture is the first step. So I would go back to Bacon's book and I would focus less on the results and more about the process. Is everybody in the store making great pizzas every pizza? Is everybody in the store showing up on time, showing up in the right image? Am I doing those things as well? If I see someone not doing that, do I mention it to them? Do I, do I stop and do I tell them that this is what we expect? This is what we need. Well, that's because it is. It's exactly what it is. So I have uh, a client, Brian Hamilton. He's in uh, Roanoke, Knoxville, Chattanooga. And I was out doing my shift cycle class a few weeks ago now. When I do the shift cycle class, I get the GMs together and I did the same thing for the killers out in Seattle. I get the GMs together first and we go through what all the workshops are because these all happen in store. And then we we go into the store and I teach the district managers how to do the handle the rush workshop, how to do open for success workshop and how to do a clean, accurate close. And we're in a store. 
So we're in uh, Lenore City, and uh, we're doing the opening class, you know, the Open for Success workshop. This store had uh, gotten a default for service in November, and they were running very, very, very bad service. Let's just put it that way. Is that a fair way to put that, Sam? It's a fair way to put that. We go through the workshop, and it's just the opening. It's not even the handle the rush part of it, but the manager has the documents for that. She attended the GM part of it. And she's in the, the workshop with us as I'm teaching the, the district managers because it's her store and she wanted to be there. And that's good. She pulls me aside at the end and goes, so can I just start doing this every day? I'm like, you can absolutely start doing this every day. <laughs> and she's like, and the rest stuff you, you you showed us yesterday, can do I'd like need to wait on my supervisor? Or can I start doing it? I'm like, you can absolutely start doing that today. Overnight, she lowered her delivery time by nearly 20 minutes. We're two months since that workshop. And her delivery times have stayed in that range. I don't want to share numbers other than the fact that um, it would get her all her points. So I think the lesson there is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me, tell me what the moral of the story is, Sam. Well, the moral of the story is, well, there's, there's a couple of morals, I think. The first one is that the things that you and I do are not things that you and I necessarily came up with. There are things that have proven to work for many, many years. And then we package them in a pretty way and deliver them to folks in a way that hopefully that they can understand and want to execute against. And I tell all of my clients that, that all this is, is a, a conglomerate of all of the things I've seen and all of the things I've seen others do that succeed. Correct. To me, the biggest moral, especially of, of this amazing manager that was able to turn their service around in the matter of a day, just simply by being shown some procedures and some standard operating procedures, is that, gang, you don't need permission to be great. You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you to be great. Start asking questions of your peers. Start paying attention to what other people are doing to be great. If there's people in your organization that are functioning or are performing at a much higher level than you are, spend a shift in their store and see what they're doing and ask them questions why they're doing what they're doing. If you have the opportunity to get into a, a workshop with Drew or myself or anyone, you know, take notes and and go back to your your restaurants and make sure that you're executing against stuff. But to me, the big takeaway is, you know, you don't need permission to be great. She had also lined up a bunch of excuses for herself. I need three more drivers. I really need another insider. My am's not really trained enough. Listen, I, I don't care what store we're talking about. It doesn't matter if it's the, the best store in the nation. We could go into that store and find 73 excuses why they're not a little bit better than they already are. Correct. The people that are being successful are saying, this is what I've got to deal with today. And what are the best results I can get with what I've got going into tonight? And then they go and make it happen. There are going to be nights where things are out of your control and things don't go according to plan. And I think that's acceptable. What's not acceptable is that when we start piling on with more and more excuses and we take a bad service night and we make it an embarrassing service night. 
you know, let's jump back into the sports analogy. Let's say last night on the opening kickoff, the Lions fumbled it and the Rams scored a touchdown. There are still 59 minutes left in the game. Just because you got behind doesn't mean you don't keep up that level of grit and you claw and scratch your way back into the game. I mean, imagine if you will, several years ago, when the Falcons were already hoisting the Super Bowl trophy, if the Patriots would have said, nah, we can't, we can't come back from 30 in the second half. You know, it's, it's so great to be prepared and get out in front and stay out in front. And those nights are fun. But, you know, I read something on the Facebook yesterday. There was a, a group of a couple of hundred soldiers that got stranded in a city because of the snow. And they walked into the store and they said, we need 160 pizzas as fast as you can. You know, that's not something you can prepare for, but it's something you can recover from. If you've got a plan, if you've got a team. That's the key part though, right? If I have a plan and, and I call the play and I can, I can look at the end and say, okay, you know what? We did everything we could tonight. For me to achieve better results, I need this. I need a faster pizza maker. I need more drivers. I, I need to prep more. I need to order more product, whatever it is, right? But because I've called the play, I can now say what the gap is and, and fix that. If I don't call a play and I just kind of muddle through, it's how I get to a place where what I need to do to be better becomes the excuses keeping me from success. Yep. And, you know, I think. And Kevin Shaw talked about this in the very first episode, how you go into change, how you go into challenges as the leader is going to determine or it's going to have a huge determining factor on what the outcome is. I mean, how many times have you been in a McDonald's? And a school bus comes in and the whole crew starts to go, oh, my God, a bus just came in. And I've been in McDonald's where a bus comes in and the manager's like, all right, it's game time. Let's show them how good we are. And it's like there's a small blip in service. But the crew is hopping and everybody's, you know, moving at it. And I can just imagine that that store uh, this week, which, you know, it's January 15th. It's going to be a week after that when this drops. But that store last week that those soldiers came in and said, we need 160 pizzas. My guess is nobody in the store said, oh, this is going to be awful. Without being there, without even knowing where the store was, because I didn't look at the details. My guess is the manager said, this is our opportunity to show them why we're the number one pizza company in the world. And let's get her done. I mean, there's no way they post. They, there's no way they post that on Facebook if they didn't, if they didn't accomplish something pretty spectacular, right? That's just it. Like, like they're proud of what they're about to do because they did it. Yeah, right. The 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 starting picture of these these folks just showed up. They're posting that because they're proud of what they accomplished. All right, let's wrap this 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 thing up as we both look at our watches. So we're talking about change in culture, and uh, I think we both agree that. You've got to have a leader that's got a plan. You've got to have a leader that's going to take action. Yep. I think it's important on that journey from whatever your culture you're at now to the culture that you want, that you be patient with results, but don't be patient with action or efforts. You don't need permission to be great. If you've seen something that works somewhere else, steal it. Use it for yourself. Use it for your team. 
We don't physically steal it. Just take the idea. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And and then we finished up with the pace of the pack is determined by the speed of the leader. If you want to have a winning team, you've got to have a winning attitude as a leader. And you've got to be at times and probably many times at the beginning of the journey, you've got to be a cheerleader and say, hey, this is going to work. We're getting better and better and better. You know, if you go from 50 minute deliveries to 40 minute deliveries, that's celebration. That's a 10 minute change. It's up to you as a leader. What I'm missing in the, in the wrap up there. That's, that's pretty good wrap up. Uh, the only other piece I would add would be pick how you want that culture to be. Yes. Are you going for the family aspect or are you going for that team aspect? Or the Drew and Sam talk training hybrid. Yeah. Just leave weird uncle Phil off the invite list. Although every store I've been in, there is a weird Uncle Phil. <laughs> there is always a weird Uncle Phil, man. There's always the weird Uncle Phil. And Phil, if you're listening, that, that was a generic name. Sorry, brother. This has been episode 128 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. If you haven't noticed, we're tired from watching a football game way late into the night as we record early in the frigid, frigid morning. So enjoy the team that you have and figure out a way to make them better than they were yesterday. Share us, like us, follow us with everything you've got. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. We would enjoy doubling our followers in the last next week. It's fabulous. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. Gang, as always, go out there, sell more pizza. And have more fun (laughs) and go Lions. Hopefully you're, you're still around to play a game when this drops. All right, gang, take care. Be good. That's all folks.